Welcome back to the Christian Soldier Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another episode as we go through over halfway through the year. It's almost fall time, hard to believe. And uh, we're going to be starting on a new, little bit of a new topic, uh, if you will. been looking at some things about speaking up in our local communities and uh, appreciate everyone listening to those. But uh, we're going to be looking at something that I think that as God's people we need to be aware of. I'm going to talk a little bit about of a theological position that isn't a new position, but I believe it's getting some new life uh, and some new interest. And uh, of course, you know we're uh, we're independent Baptist and fundamental independent Baptist, and there's a great movement afoot to go back to Reformed theology. Reformed meaning Protestant, you know, Presbyterian, uh, Lutheran, different things like that. And one of the uh, I mean, we're grateful for what the Reformers did. However, they tried to reform the Catholic Church instead of separate from it. And they brought some theological entrapments with them. And one of those things that John Calvin popularized is that of, the, of God's election and sovereignty. And so we call it Calvinism. And it's broken down into five different pillars, if you will, or points as they call it. Uh, but we're going to be just dealing with, trying to deal with at least a couple of them. The first one I'm going to deal with today, the first one is a, known as an acrostic, TULIP, T-U-L-I-P. And I, by the way, this is not going to be exhaustive. However, uh, the point of this podcast is to give you some awareness of what's going on, uh, to start listening to maybe sermons you're hearing or books you're reading, and to learn how to pick out what these group of people uh, the phrases they use, the different things they say, and if you pick up on that, then you can have a somewhat good idea of what their doctrinal position is. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to be talking about Calvinism today, and um, I'm not for it because I don't believe it's a biblical position, and we're going to look at some verses today. Uh, because it based, the basic premise of it is this, that God in His sovereignty has predetermined some people for heaven and uh, to, to predetermine to save certain people, but not other people. Of course, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Uh, so obviously, they have to redefine some terms. And if you look at other passages of Scripture, uh, the, the position begins to fall apart. But we're going to deal with the first part today. So this is what we're going to be going over uh, for the next few weeks to help you be able to fight the battle against this, because it's becoming very, very prevalent. It's sneaking into churches left and right. I was just hearing of some this week uh, that is starting to sneak into even some colleges that are tolerating it. They don't endorse it, but they tolerate it. Uh, just a really concerning problem and something that we need to be aware of as God's people and that we need to call out because it can lead to some very dangerous doctrinal positions that are not found in the Word of God. So the first one uh, we're going to be looking at today is we're going to be in Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Uh, while we're turning there, I'm going to talk to you about the first point of Calvinism, the pillar of Calvinism, whatever you want to call it, uh, is that uh, of the tulip acrostic, it's the T, and it's total depravity. And this is referring to mankind. 
Now, on this front, we would agree that man is depraved, meaning man is sinful because of original sin. That is that uh, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and since then, because of Adam's sin, sin has passed upon all men, as Romans says. Uh, and that by the death of, or by the trespass of Adam, many were made sinners. And that by the death of Christ, many were made righteous. So we would agree with that. Because of sin, man is depraved. And uh, these are some of the verses that they use in Romans chapter 3. We know verse 10, there is, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. We would agree with that because the Bible says it. Okay, it's not a matter whether you agree or disagree with the, with the position. is not as much a Bible position as it is a theological position and making some presuppositions about God, which we, don't, we shouldn't do. We should just take God at his word for what he says. Verse 11, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Verse 12, they are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. Now, what is this talking about? Now, they use this to say there is none that seeketh after God, so because of man's total depravity, there is not one person that is going to seek after God, that they're just completely depraved in their sin and they never will ask the question, is there a God? They're never going to seek the Bible. They're never going to uh, go to the Word of God to find you know, a greater purpose in life or seek out any type of truth like that. So their position is, well, because of man's depravity, there is no way that he can seek out God. Now, we look at this and say, well, maybe there's an answer to this question. And we do, but what do we find? We do find people that are seeking after God. Um, been a pastor here in Texas for almost 10 years, and we do find people that are seeking after God, seeking for truth. And so, but what the Calvinists would say, well, then they are one of the elect, which is one of the later, later points we're going to deal with. God in His sovereignty has chosen to draw this person to Himself so that they might be saved. But God does it selectively, not based on any actions we have done, but in His sovereignty, He knows all, that He is just... A, has decided in his sovereignty and wisdom to save certain people and not save other people. But if we look at the Bible, God squarely places the burden of responsibility on man's choice of whether he accepts him or not. Uh, now, this is interesting. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So let's look at folks on the drawing here. Now it is true, is man depraved? Yes, we would agree with that because that's very obvious in the Bible. You know, Jeremiah talks about our heart. It's desperately the wicked who can know it. We see the sinfulness of man all through the Bible and we see that very clearly expressed. However, we see, but we see people seeking. So what's, the, what's, the, what's going on here? Is that uh, Jesus said, is that if you raise me up, I will draw all men. Unto myself. So we see in John 6.44 about drawing him, in that God the Father, he, uh, through the Holy Spirit, woos us and draws us to him, but he is calling to everyone, not just certain people. He is calling to the whole world. He calls the whole world to repentance and to be saved. He uh, th repeatedly throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit described that convicts, uh, it rebukes the world of sin, not just certain people. So we must we we take a look look at this, and at the surface it sounds well. It seems Scripture agrees because you look at these verses, but the context is throughout all the New Testament. And you and I encourage you to study this for yourself. 
is that very, very, very clearly that God is giving a universal invitation to the world to be saved. Was that was first Peter? Uh, the second Peter said, "God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." So that all they said, well, the all that means the elect. Well, the world really doesn't mean everybody. And also, uh, one of the the points of of Calvinism, which we're going to get into later on in a couple weeks here, is limited atonement. Jesus only died for those that he chose to save, not for everybody. Which is, goes clearly as against Scripture. That's not what the Bible says. That he died for the sins of the whole world, not just those he chose to save. So this becomes a very, very, very dangerous thought process. This becomes a very dangerous, and this is what makes uh, why people have come up with this, why John Calvin came up with this. I, I don't know. I, it was hundreds of years ago. Uh, there is some indication of maybe why he did, but really, well, I guess how people use it today is what we're going to address, is that it takes away individual responsibility to the gospel, that we all have an, we have an individual responsibility to witness as ambassadors for Christ, the Great Commission in Matthew 28. So that wasn't something that was, you know, for us. It, we got because God's going to save him anyway. Now there are some people that believe in Calvinism, believe in evangelizing, but uh, that we're not going to see many results. But we are going to come across people that God has chosen to save. We don't know who the elect are; only God does. So we still need to do our part to find the elect. Um, but if you really follow Calvinism to its logical conclusion, they're going to get saved anyway because of the irresistible grace of God. And then that's another point. Anyway, it's all together. It's hard to segment it, but we'll try our best. Uh, but also, it tries to make sense of something why certain people accept God and not others. God has made that very, very clear. Because of the deceitfulness of sin, there are some that see clearly their sin and they wish to, they humble themselves in the sight of God and they repent of their sin, and they're saved because of their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Then others who are too proud to accept that they're a sinner and to accept the gift of salvation. Uh, and that is the simple truth. God explains it. It's trying to explain something that God has already explained, and God has already made clear. So we cannot make the Bible say something it does not say, and that's exactly what Calvinism tries to do and create a heretical doctrine. It's not just an error, it's a heresy to say that God has only saved certain people and not others, that Jesus only died for certain people and not others. That is not what God presents in His Word. And if He does, and then if, he, if we believe something that's not presented in His Word, then it is heretical. You can't support it with Scripture. So I hope that's been a help to you to help you maybe understand a little bit of it, like I said, this is a very Cliff Notes version of each point. Um, they use other verses. I'm just using some common ones here, and very easily explained. Though, is man depraved? Absolutely, yes. But God draws everyone. God is calling to everyone, and there are some that choose to respond to His calling, and some that do not. And that is the free choice that God gave to Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, and the same choice He gives to us today. So that is the answer to that conundrum, if you will, and that question, why do some people accept others not? Because we have all have a choice. Hey, God has given us all free choice. If you talk to Calvinists, they would, they would say, oh, we believe in free choice because you can't deny that. I was actually reading an article about it the other day. Um, Legionnaire Ministries, by the way, careful of what comes out of there. R.C. Sproul and these different people, uh, they're Calvinists, they're Reformed. Uh, and but try to present Calvinism in not the very dogmatic way I've seen it presented other ways, but just really kind of made 
Uh, maybe a very weak case for it and kind of excused around some things to try and make it more palatable, but still the error is there. Went down a couple more points and definitely the error is there. So we need to make sure that we are fighting against that. It's not something to play around. It's not something to explore. It's not something to consider. It's against Scripture, and we need to stand for the fight of faith. But I want to, I want to let you all know I appreciate you tuning in for this episode. So I encourage you to get the purpose of this podcast also is to, uh, to get you in the Word of God and to get studying on these things, I encourage you to study it, prepare yourself, have be, arm yourself because you will encounter it in churches. It's becoming more and more prevalent. I promise you, you're going to be facing it. Well, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to he seeing you in the next podcast. And make sure you share this with your family and friends. Maybe have people that are maybe leaning this way and you're concerned about it. Send this over to them. Have them consider it and maybe think about, well, let's think about some of these points here. But uh, do continue to listen, and we'll, we'll dive in more in the next episode. But thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.